Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever, whenever you may be listening to us on this great wide world brought together by the internet. Last you guys do a podcast are here as we are ready to go in this uh, first week of August, July 31st. Everything's kind of winding down, but hey, we got NFL football. That is kicking in. The, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, kicking in with the Hall of Fame game is going to be coming up on Tuesday night. We're very, very excited. Uh, for that, and our friend Michael Pearson, we uh, were supposed to have him last week. Things didn't quite go the way they should, but we're going to have him on this week. And I am sending him the text to call in, and he will talk with us about the Chargers. Uh, Liam has been had an extra week to prepare, where he's going to talk. Where he's going to ask Mike how they're going to break down LA. And again, we kind of talked about it last week. And I'm just curious how L.A. is going to handle their, their schedule because they've got a huge, and I mean a real gauntlet to start things off, the Raiders and then the Chiefs on a short week in those first two games. I mean, Liam, they're going to have to win at least one of those two games, possibly even go 2-0. and If they go 2-0, and they'll be set, but they got to win at least one if they want to make any hay in the AFC in the AFC West, and Mike is calling in right now. I hope I've got him. I hope this works. Mike Peterson, are, are you there? Yes, we got him. All right, you called in at exactly the right moment. I set up Leon uh, about that, and when I, right before you called, I was remarking on the Chargers' schedule, how they probably got the hardest first two games out of anybody, the Raiders and the Chiefs, on a short week. I said they need to win at least one if they want to make any hay in the AFC West. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Again, Raiders and then Chiefs on a short week. That's gonna. That's a tall oath of those. Um, I think, you, like I said, I think you got to win at least one. Uh, but a tall order to win both. All right, Leon, you've been waiting two weeks for this. Go. <laughs> Mike P. Has the Chargers front office had the most perfect um, offseason that we've seen in years? Um, and I'm talking about the addition of Khalil Mack to team up with Joy Bosa. And then we have J.C. Jackson teaming up with Derman James. I mean, is that exactly what we needed? Because you have, you have, we have our quarterback. We have probably the best offense just behind Tampa Bay and, and the Rams. But our defense is just trash. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it real. It's, yes, we were trash. We were trash. You know, to have such. You know, we have we have Justin Herbert. Who throws 38 touchdowns to 15 interceptions? Rookie. So the second, second year, whatever the second year. Yeah, second year. The second year, 30 for 15. We, we, those, those are great numbers. Right. Only behind Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. Yeah. All right. So offense is great. You know, you got Mike Will, you got Case Keenum, everybody going for 1,100 yards, 2,000 yard receivers. We like that. But our defense just wasn't really doing supposed to be. Good. So therefore, the, um, the front office gets Khalil Mack. And Jackson Jackson, how do you just act? Yeah, we got four better than 
12 seconds later. Welcome to both cars, though. This is just the second pair of prices still clean to the mind of engineers. As the agent continued, the carpet would be to the In 2 I mean, I've, I've heard talks of super team. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing talks. You know, um, what would you say that? You know, is this is this like the closest that the Chargers have had? You know, as far as I mean, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. You know, this could possibly be one of the best rosters that we've had, and I think that's six, ten years. No, no more than that. Shoot, fourteen years. 14 years from since, since about 2008 to Well, it's, it's a great roster, Leon. The problem is it's in the wrong division. If you were in any other division, yeah. you might be uh, a candidate to win the whole thing. But like you are in the toughest division in football right That's now. That's why we can do it. This is going to validate. This is going to validate and verify <laughs> or dilapidate and petrify what's going on. But dilapidating and petrifying might not be as bad because of the division that you're in. I mean, is the division I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen a division quite as tough as this. We probably have to go back to the nineties to, to see this, man. Yeah, this yeah. is I've never seen anything yeah, like that. Mike, I think that the AFC West might be the toughest division in the NFL this season. What do you think? Mike, I have a question for you. This is Daniel Bolton. 
Uh, and it's good to have, always good to have you anytime. Uh, you know, of course, going into uh, to a, a training camp, we always have storylines. I know one in particular is Derwin James. Of course, uh, he has this quote unquote hold in. You know, they have a new thing called a hold in. Yes. Um, so, are there any other storylines that are intriguing you, or are there any storylines that will intrigue you at some point? Like, what are you looking out for in terms of uh, uh, coming out of this training camp this year? Show Arkansas his place is exorbitant. So, you can use that. speaking with Michael Pearson from SB Nation talking Chargers, the AFC West, and everything about the NFL here on the last three guys do a podcast. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you about the about Justin Herbert. Um, again, last season, there was the whole Tyrod Taylor fiasco. Now it's clearly Justin's team. What has he been working on during training camp as he goes into his first, I would say, full season as a starter? Unless, yeah, that's what I meant. Second, second full. I'm sorry, second full year. Second full year. Five year and got this five point oh bad back. It was still a little 
So he's going to try to open up, the, open up the offense a little more, try to diversify things, get everybody else uh, involved. See, my question, my other thing, now that he is going to this, his third full season second, there's, there's film on him now. And that's really where your quarterback has to be the one who adjusts. That's where really where your quarterback puts himself head and shoulders above the rest, where defenses throw things new at him. He either gets flustered or he adjusts. Is that that's kind of what I want to see from Justin Herbert this season? I want to see him be able to adjust with different looks that defenses throw at him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Leon. Uh, he's trying to. He's got something going on, and he's he's he's, he's silencing it. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. According to Sports Illustrated.com, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is predicted predicted to, to win, win the MVP, MVP award. Wow. He's predicted to win a 2022 MVP. Also, based on our offseason acquisitions, Joey Bosa is expected to channel his inner junior sale and win all he's supposed to he's supposed to be the outcome sacks. Especially with what a lot of attention will be played to Khalil Mack, that's going to make Joey Bosa a lot more freedom on defense to maneuver. Though we have such a tough, um, such a tough opposition in our division, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, in the words of Tom Hanks in the League of Our Own, "There's no crime in baseball." There's damn sure no crime in football. Well, right? no, no one, no one is going to feel sorry for you. For whatever your schedule is, you have to you have to deal with it. You have to put it on the field and do your best. So even though the even though the Chargers do have this gauntlet to start things off with, you know it is what it is. 
and you're going to have to deal with it. Absolutely. And if we look at, you know, another home team, um, the 2016 Falcons, arguably the year that they had the toughest schedule. Very tough schedule. Super Bowl. Yeah, so the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking forward for, you know, the five coming up. The Chargers, with, though we have the hard schedule, uh, we have the horses. Right. The, the, the front officers did their job. Mm-hmm. Now it's all about the coach to put everything together. And, and the players to go and play. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, uh, just, uh, Michael, uh, really. I, I think that this division is the hardest. I think Russell Wilson to Denver really elevates that. Uh, it's probably going to be six of the toughest games that you that are ever going to be there. So if the Chargers want to do something, they're going to have to make hay with the other teams on their schedule. How do you see them matching up with some of the other teams that they have to play? No, it, the team, teams outside the division that they have to play. Yeah. You're right. That's correct. Yes. So, Mike, that's the 
that's really the start of a tough five-game stretch. Uh, you're at San Francisco on a Sunday night, and then you, and then it's Kansas City at home, and then it's at Arizona, at uh, Las Vegas, and then you're back at home against the Miami Dolphins. So a pretty tough stretch that you have there. But with that being said, and with everything that's um, that's materializing in the AFC West, what percentage do you give the eight? Do you give the Los Angeles Chargers? I was about to say San Diego, but do you give the LA Chargers a chance of winning this division? I think that's fair. That is. To Coach Staley, <clears throat> though you know we have a very, I would say, so far even pleasure, we were still third in the league in fourth down attempt. Now this year we have a great offense returning, and now we have a great defense. Do you predict that the Chargers will lead the league in fourth down attempts?
All right. Uh, I think we're going to let my, yeah, Mike, that's, I think we're going to let you go right now. Thanks so much for spending part of your Sunday with us and we'll be sure to check in with you during the regular season. Always great to talk with you. Always great to talk about the Chargers as uh, Leon now is up to date as he can be <laughs> with what's going down in SoCal. And we'll again, we'll speak to you through the season. Thank you very much. See you. All right, that was Michael Peterson, Chargers writer from SB Nation, talking with us here on the last few guys do a podcast, talking about how the Chargers are going to fare. Again, as Leon said, they've got a great roster. They're just in a awful division because uh, they have every one of those six games is going to be a dogfight, and they get the two. They get two right out of the gate games that they have to go. I would say one and one. They can't go zero and two. Uh, 0-2 out of the gate, that's going to be a very tough to come back from. Yeah, and, you know, they, they get a bit of a break after the first two weeks. They're against Jacksonville and, and at Houston. So right, okay. You, you would think those are wins there. But that at Cleveland, I, I'm sorry, that's tricky depending on the Deshaun Watson case, which we just got I think it'll be. On that. I, I think it'll be decided tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. So they're expecting it. Uh, uh, you think eight? I think it's going to be between four and six. I don't think they're going to give them that much. I think they're going they, to they'll, they'll, they'll reach for the ceiling on give them six games. But he's going to have a heck of a season. He wants to get some more well, yeah, yeah, because right now his his marketing value is basically in the toilet. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. That's it. But that entire division, man, I, like I said before, uh, when we were talking to Mike just then, that is the toughest division that I've seen in a long time. It's, I guess it's not even close. It's not even close, man. I mean, and the court, the quartet of quarterbacks you have, right? Uh, one through four, easily the best. Easily the best, man. When you talk about Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, those four guys. I, I think that you don't want that to happen. But an injury to those, to those four guys. You know, you can pretty much sum up the division. And injuries is going to really play a key factor yes. in this division. It's just a right? yes. You know, and what if, but what if all four teams go through and they're healthy? Right. So, you know, I mean, what do you do there at, at that point? But, I mean, for me, if I, was, if I was to make an early prediction, and I know I think I've done this the last four years right. since the 17, or well, the last three, really, since the last, since well, there are now seven teams that can go yeah, into this, the yeah, yeah, 17, yes. I think all four teams are going to the playoffs. Yeah, we've seen something similar to this in the NFC South. Yeah. The Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons, the Tampa. Yeah. I think the last time we saw it is the AFC North. When Ralph, not maybe not last year, but the year before. Well, the year before, yeah, yeah, because the the Bengals looked like they were an up and coming team, and then you had Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Baltimore. You know, you had I, that little mix there. I, I think the question is, Leon, are you going to bite the bullet and get a ticket for November sixth? Oh, I'm going to look into his interest in budget and see what fits my time frame. Don't be surprised if you see me. We won't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some one o'clock game. Chargers, Chargers at the Falcons. Yeah. Tickets are available. I got a feeling tickets will be available for pretty much every Atlanta game yeah. this season. 
And actually, Leon, you might want to check the secondary ticket market. You can probably get them for whatever you find in your couch cushions. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like, it's that bad. Um, I'm going to have to look into it. Yes, yes, you do. Although, like I said, with the Falcons, how basically, again, the roster is universally derided as the NFL's worst. Um, and I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think they got the talent. I think they have talent. I don't think they have enough talent to defend Tampa Bay in the division. Probably not even make the playoffs. At that, but this is what people have to remember. This is like the year. What what this regime has tried to do is try to get the cap situation right. And what you have to do, you have to sign a bunch of one year deals, and you have to you know do a couple of things. You know you have to sacrifice the team really, and I, I don't think they're that bad off. Their schedule shows it. I mean. You look at their schedule. Oh, it's it's it's, it's brutal. Yes, their schedule is horrible. Yeah, they, they have look, they have a god off the schedule, man. And I mean, you start the season off with the Saints, right? Thanks, you know, <laughs> grudge match, and then you're at LA. And man, you know what? I I really thought that that was going to be the game that was, that the Rams were going to get to open up. Uh, the NFL season. Instead, they get Buffalo. Right. Which well, they wanted to make attractive. it a little. They wanted to make it a little more attractive. Exactly. It's an attractive game. By the way, Leon, cheapest tickets available: thirty-seven dollars for section three twenty-five, row twenty-one. Oh, and that's on the secondary ticket market. Yes. Looking at that. Yep. <laughs> I just, it just makes you good. Yeah. I don't. Although I don't think the cameras pan that high, to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, section three twenty-five. That's like that's the outer end zone. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, Falcon schedule terrible. Uh, defense has to step up. No one's sure about Mariota, and really, the only thing we know we have, we've got Cordell Patterson, we got Drake London, we got Kyle Pitts. We've got that basic. Um, we've got that basic core, but it's just a matter of what's the defense going to be like, and what are the lines going to be like. So there's interesting things that's coming out of camp for the Falcons. Number one, Marcus Mariota is looking great. He's looking great, throwing the ball great. He knows the system. I mean, he's under Arthur Smith, so he should know it, right? And then there are fights happening at camp. Yes, that's yes. Everyone oh. wants to see a fight. Yeah, and that the and they finally got them. And when you're fighting, that means you want to compete. Means <laughs> you're ready. You're ready to hit somebody else. And I don't. Man, I haven't heard about any fights coming out of Falcons camp in years. <laughs> so this is actually a good sign. And I know people are thinking, why would you want to fight in camp? Man, you have to understand, man. You're in the heat. You're in the sun. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my teammate, and I'm wishing that it it's, was the Saints or the Panthers. It's 95 degrees. Right. The humidity is in upper seventh level of hell. Right. I mean, it's just, it's about as miserable of a condition as you can get, as you can get, on a summer in the south. Correct. And that just means as well that um, these guys are looking to complete their job. Mm-hmm. So they're so you're, they're, they're going to get their own, which means you, you we may see great showings in the regular season. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, move on to some of the other news of the day. 
And this is very, very uh, sad and mournful, but a giant, a pillar in the NBA community passed away today. Bill Russell left this world at the age of 88. We said a lot about Mr. Russell two weeks ago when we gave our top 10 NBA players of all time. I know he was on, he was on my list of the best, and uh, I saw a stat where in Game 7 in the playoffs, he was undefeated. 10 and 0. Uh, there's just, there's really nothing you can say about this man, a legend for what he did on the court and off the court as well. How he helped out, how he assisted in the civil rights movement, and pretty much maybe single handedly was part of acceptance in Boston, a notoriously tough, uh, tough environment. As he did the, he. Basically, he won, and that's how he got people on his side. He won. He uh, controlled the game. He was a dominating force. His battles with Wilt Chamberlain, legendary, uh, really kind of carried the league in the early 70s. Um, a winner. Yeah. Everywhere. He could He could be the greatest winner in, in, in terms of – Easily the greatest winner of all time across any sport. Um, and we're not just talking about on the court. We're talking about off the court as well. But on the court, let me remind the kids at home what he did. Uh, won a national title, was an All-American. Won two straight national championships with the San Francisco Dons. Okay, yep. He was the one that put the Dons on him. Um, and led the team to 55 straight wins. Won a gold medal in the 56 Olympic Games. I think those were in Melbourne, Australia. Um, he, in a 13-year career, won 11 titles. Eight straight at one point in time. Five-time defensive player of the year. Played defense like a champ. Okay. And, John, remarkable stat that you gave. I didn't realize it. 10-0 in game seven, which means that when you needed him, he showed up. He showed up and came to work and said, it's just not about coming to work. It's coming to work and winning. It's winning. It's what matters. We yes. got to win these games. Yes. But off the court, I feel Michael like Jordan coached. LeBron, yeah, and he coached. Yeah, he coached and won. He coached and won. Yeah, he was a, a player coach. Uh, probably, I think, the first African-American to actually be a player coach. Mm -hmm. And he was also the NBA's first black head coach. So yes. He, he broke barriers. Um a civil rights champion like no other, and simply because he he did that, he did the and work, he won. Man. He, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. If he was, if he became a black head coach and didn't win, mm -hmm. then the door would be shut for an additional 10, 15, 20 years. Who knows when when that would happen? When he came in and won immediately, he kept that Celtic dynasty rolling. Yep, and because of that. You know, blacks gained acceptance as NBA head coaches probably sooner than any other than any other league. We don't have we don't have black players. We don't have black coaches. We don't even have black executives. Right. If it's not for what Bill Russell did for for us as African Americans, well, yeah. but so because you know how when we look at greatest players of all time, you would like to say Jordan. Mm -hmm. and, they, and the reason why they bring up Jordan is not because he was all NBA, all defense, all NBA, first team, ten times pro, mm -hmm. all NBA, all offense, two years pro. They bring it up because of the rings. 
Yeah. Yes. Like Salem Rings. Yeah. But we want to talk about that. The rings. Oh, Russell is number one. <laughs> that conversation's over a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, now people are like, well, what about the error? Right. Well, what, you know, they were scoring at a higher volume back in the day. In the day. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, the players. Well, the players back in the day were the average height was six seven. Mm-hmm. The average height now is six six. Yeah. So we can't say that. Well, what about what the technology? <laughs> yeah, you know, back was the rim was the rim hard computer generated or something like that? Come on, man, it was the same damn rim that they were shooting. On eleven, with eleven titles in thirteen years. In thirteen years, eleven championships. That is tough to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough to win one in yeah. three. <laughs> now, of course, the schedule's a little different. It's not eighty-two games, right? That's right. about the only. That's the only difference. That's about the only difference. They but you it. still had to travel. You still had to go yeah, cross yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to show up. Right. You had to play hard. They were playing in Chuck Taylor's. Right. But I would say, and to John's point, yeah, you didn't have an 82-game season. You had a shorter season, which actually made it tougher because there was less room for error. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So either or, you know, Russell, Bill Russell, great player, groundbreaking player. 11 rings. I mean, I remember one time I seen the highlight of Bill Russell. He got the rebound, went coast to coast 90 feet, and jumped over somebody <laughs> for the layup. I promise you. I mean, unbelievable athlete. I mean, not enough good things to be said about this man. I mean, you know, just, you know, and I can say that, you know, I'm just, I'm not as heartbroken, you know, when um, it was when so, Russell, yeah. he was 88 years old. Yes, lived a great life. He 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 did what he was supposed. He to. lived a full yeah. life. It's, yeah, full life. And and there's nothing more. I mean, and he got his flowers. I mean, Daniel. The, the whole discussion that we had last week was because I didn't have Bill Russell in my top ten, and Daniel had a heart attack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. But but man, it, and listen to these names: uh, Henry Richard, John Beliveau. Yogi Berra, Sam Jones. These guys are in the top five, and Bill Russell, top five in championships in their respective leagues. So, Bill Russell, of course, in the NBA, uh, Richard and Beliveau in the NHL, Yogi Berra, of course, who who was always Casey Stingle's man. Never played a game without his man, right? And Sam Jones, of course, of the NBA. I think Sam Jones actually played with Bill Russell. Yes, he did. So, Sam Jones? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was, um, that was his running guard. mate. Yeah, that was a shooting guard. So Casey Jones, who was his um, point guard, mm-hmm. actually played with Bill Russell in San Francisco. In San Francisco. He part of the did. And Casey actually ended up coaching, coaching Boston at one point in time. Yeah. So, as a matter of fact, he was the coach of Boston in the age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, after Red, I think Red took over the executive role. KC was the next man, was the next man up. And Casey Jones is the one who's responsible for drafting Gary Payton. Yeah. <laughs> another, yeah. An, another all-time great point guard. Love, love man. For um, defense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Son doing a great job. Yeah. So, a lot a lot, a lot of great. Uh, Bill Russell is a common denominator for a lot of great things. He is. He is. Um, he ranks, I believe I had him at number six. On my list, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, no, I didn't. He was like number eight. Yeah, but you know, just in terms of if, history. In terms of history, and like what you do, like if there was a combination of both, uh-huh. 
you might have a case for Russell being the greatest. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, because what he did outside of outside, what he outside did of outside of the court was pretty amazing and what he did yeah. on the court was absolutely jaw dropping. Yeah. And and that makes him a legend. And I'm just glad that he was able to be recognized as such while he was still while he was still with us. And yeah. you know, it's not I mean, yes, it's it's always a sh- it's always a sad day when someone of his stature goes. Yeah. But I don't think we're getting the uh, outpouring of shock and grief as we did when Kobe had his accident. Yeah. It's just when you're 88 years old mm-hmm. and it's no, it's not any kind of real controversy behind your death versus being 40 years old and passing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just hits a lot different. We're kind of like, you know, you know, it's just it's just a difference. You know, it's a huge difference. I mean, I mean natural causes versus accident. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, I would say that at the end of the day, you know, John, you lost your father like I lost my father. Um, the best thing we could do is at a funeral or when a person passes, hey, were you on good terms with that person? That person, how you felt about them? And it's great to say that Bill Russell. Is an icon that was not unappreciated. Mm-hmm. He receives his flowers while he was still here. Right. Every, he, he knew how everybody felt about him. And that's, I believe, the great relief that the public has when, you know, when thinking about Bill Russell. It's past like, hey, we gave him his flowers. We, we love Mr. Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, again, I'm John Morgan with uh, Leon and Daniel here. Unless you guys do a podcast, we just hit Chargers. We uh, hit the big news in the NBA, the passing of Celtic great Bill Russell at the age of 88. Again, camps are opening up, and football is getting underway. We'll be having a uh, scrimmage for Pace Academy on Friday that you can catch on NFHS Network. Looking forward to that as the Knights host the uh, Wesleyan Wolves, so that'll be on Friday, so trying to get the exact time for you. We'll also be doing some softball this fall from the Riverview Athletic Complex down over off the South Cobb Drive, so we don't have a schedule for that. That should be that should be pretty good as we do as we get that going. Again, media days have come and gone. The camps for college football, they're slowly getting underway. Not, uh, I don't think we really have anything to talk about in terms of that. So let's switch over to the Major League Baseball. The Braves and the Mets, they're just fighting it out for the NL East title. Um, I like the Braves in this. I think the Braves are going to be on top simply because the Mets have this incredible, uncanny ability to self-destruct. Well, I mean, they're the Mets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they do. I mean, <laughs> that's what. I mean, yeah, Leon's right. That's that's what the Mets do. They you can count on them to blow it at the end. Yeah, which is why the Braves are right where they need to be. But they still have to do things on their part too. They still have to win ball games. They just completed a sweep uh, of Arizona, which they should have. Arizona's one of the worst teams in the league. Yes. So they should have. Swept them. They actually had to eke out a one nothing victory today. Uh, Austin Riley hits an RBI double in the ninth inning to walk it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, still three games back to the Mets, but right there in striking distance, you know. And they play the Mets a lot in August. There's yeah, a five games. There's a five game series. I think they have with them. Right. And they also have some games at Fenway. They, um, I mean, this is 
this is this is going to be a big month for Atlanta simply because they play the Mets so much. Yep. Uh, all the Mets need is one sweep, and that's it. And the Braves are done. The, the Braves are done. But I think the Braves are good enough to get a wild card. So they're going to yeah. get that first that first wild card. So they're going to host the wild card game. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care where the Braves are. They're still the defending World Series champion. They still got guys that are on that team. Yeah, they don't have Freddie Freeman. But they're, they're looking at another showdown with the Dodgers in the NL. In the NL uh, well, they don't have Freddie Freeman, but, but Matt Olson has been more, more than capable. Austin Riley's yeah. coming to his own. Yep. Dansby Swanson, you don't hear too many people calling for his head anymore. Nope. Yeah, I mean, Matt has been, Matt's year, been shut up. Yeah, he, he struggled with the bat, but now he's he's getting it. He got it. He picked it up second half last season mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, and when Ozzy Albies gets back, it's going to be probably even better. I mean, they, they have a, a very good lineup. And and now that starting pitching is starting to get it together. Kyle Wright, who I thought should have been an all-star this year, mm-hmm. who I think he got snug. But Kyle Wright pitching phenomenal. And, and once Morton and and Anderson, you know, gets on well, Anderson always has been on the ball. Max Freed has always been spectacular. Yeah, he had a great game today. Yeah, he, he did. pitched excellent. He pitched the only excellent. thing is it doesn't look like Mike Soroka is gonna come back this season. It looks like yeah, he's gonna be out for the year. He's gonna be out for the year. And it would have been great to have that stud mm-hmm. here. But you know, give him enough time, give him enough, uh, uh, enough to do what he needs to do. So I, I think Atlanta's in good shape. They're right where they need where they need to be. They're not like Toronto, who's twelve and a half back on the Yankees. So yeah, the Yankees are just roared away with that division. No one's catching them. Um, this is, I mean, all the pressure to be honest is on the Yankees because they have not won a championship in so long. It is a horribly long drought, and this is a squad that really thinks not only that not only that they they think they're entitled to win a World Series every three or four years. They think that's just the way the world works. Every couple of years, the Yankees have that ticker tape parade down Fifth Avenue. And they, I think the pressure is all on them once they make the postseason. When was the Yankees won? 2009. Okay, so it's been since Barack Obama. It's been, th- yeah, 13 years. Yep. I figure they went the whole 2010s without one. And I can't. I don't think I've ever known the Yankees to go a full decade. No, Without winning 80s, a title, the eighties. Oh, they didn't win one. The- they didn't. Okay, That's interesting. Right, I'm watching. Um, I'm watching a, a show on um first, well, first and first on um, Fox. And Christopher Sarver was discussing the Celtics in reference to their potential interest in Kevin Durant. And Christopher Sarver was talking about, well, you know, the Celtics. Are, it's not about being a hundred. It's not about winning championships. Like really, the first thing I last much the Celtics have won just one championship since the Reagan era. Yep, yep. You know, <laughs> who are these guys? You know, people think about Bill Russell and Larry Bird days or something like that. You know, as far as championships concerned, I mean, granted they they're tied with the Lakers for most of all time. If the Lakers have not already overtaken them, but yeah, I mean, the 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 a lot of the success that the Celtics have. And it's still kind of like, you know, that legacy still carries on today. Is that what Bill Russell brought to the table and Bird and company continue? But primarily what Russell brought to the table. So, in reference to calling them championship, turn about championship, they think like, but anyway. So, <laughs> you know, in reference to the, to the uh, Yankees, you know, they're, 
the same type of team. You know, they a lot of their legacy stems from the like you know like nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you know them being America's largest city and the team representing it. You know, and but as far as what have you done? What about sitting out there that resume? In terms of winning, yeah, yeah, yeah 2009. 2009. Yeah. they beat the Phillies seven to three, one game six. Yes, in the 2009 World Series. Wow, the Phillies. That's the another. Phillies. That's another team that that has been basically unimportant during yeah, the I, decades I, I, of eight. I think there's 15. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they won that World Series in 2007. If, if you want to be about championships, you want to be a team that's winning about winning championships. I believe that you have to update your resume. But I will say this, and it's starting to show in in every single league that we're in, probably with the exception of the NBA. It is extremely tough to reach as a champion. It, I mean, in any league, look at the NFL. I think we've had maybe four different matchups, and I'm talking about like team matchups. So that means teams didn't go to back-to-back Super Bowl. We haven't seen that in so long. We've had so many different matchups over the last 10 to 15 years, even. You know, nobody saw Cincinnati. Man, everybody at this table and everybody elsewhere had the Cincinnati Bengals as the last team in that division. And they won that division and won the AFC. And they had to get through Kansas City to beat them, mm-hmm. only to come up short against uh, LA. Cincinnati is the reason why John is the reason why Baker Mayfield Rayfield. doesn't have a job. Yeah. For the success that Cincinnati Right. The success of Joe Burrow. And they realized that that Baker's propensity for throwing to the other team when the situation uh, is at its most dire. That's, yeah. also, that's also too. And now so, he's in Carolina. So, you know, with, with the Yankees, yeah, they, they've got their hitting. I mean, they got short porch. So they, they better start. They better hit home. You know, John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is having a, a great year at the, at the plate. So if they can keep that going. But here's the thing. It, in, in the NFL, you have to have a great running game, great defense in the playoffs. In the NBA, you have to – now we just have to shoot. <laughs> Shoot and play yeah. defense or play somewhat of a defense or hold somebody to 110 points. Yeah, the three point line is ruined in And now in Major League Baseball, that is all that's the one thing about Major League Baseball. It's been constant since Jackie Robinson played, since Barry Bonds played, since anybody's played. You have to have great pitching to go along with your great hit. And if you get out pitched, and it's all about right time, right time and right matchups. Atlanta's looked like the team last year that when you looked at them on the field on that baseball diamond and you said, wow, you know what? They might do something here. You know, even when they got past the Dodgers, it was like, okay, they can play anybody coming out of that American League. Yeah, the Astros going to be tough, but I don't think we can match up with the Astros. And, And Jorge Soler hits a home run to start off the World Series and bam. Off to the races we go. It was no looking back. So it, it but uh, pitching had a lot to do with that run. Pitching has a lot to do with it. Have to pitch, and you have to be able to hit in in tough spots. Bottom of the eighth, down three runs, two outs, 
and you have to be able to get those hits on the road. So that's where that's where it is. If the Yankees can do that, which has failed them the last five seasons, if they can do that, the, the Yankees could win it all this year. Potentially, you know, like all that hitting and hitting at crucial moments and lights of brightest and floating up. Uh, actually, Houston asked me about that closely. Uh huh. So the best bats we've ever seen froze up when the lights were bright. When the lights were bright, and and that team had won a World Series. Yeah. yeah. But you know, Atlanta's in a great position right now. Whenever you're twenty-one games above five hundred and you're like over a hundred games into the season, yep. That's putting you in a great position to make some type of a good run. You know, barring, barring you know, of course, this not going to for you know, not, no injuries. Right. You're gonna get. You're gonna get injuries. I hate this. Well, the rest of violence, that's that's something different. But in terms of run of run of the mill injuries, you're gonna get them. You're gonna get players gonna get the day uh, day off now and then for rest and uh, to recuperate so you make sure you're strong. Because right now you want to peak in late September, early October. That's when you want to peak. That's when you want to hit that stride. Right? Yep. And Duval, he's out. For the year, right? Which one? Who, uh, is it? No, I think is it Duval or Darno? One of them are out for the year. They had to have season in their wrist circuit. All right. I don't think it's Duval. Let me see. Uh, I don't, okay, Braves definitely in market for outfielder after latest Adam Duval injury news. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Duval. Yeah. Duval is out for the. And that's another thing. The trade deadline that's coming up. I think that's Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday, three p.m. Yes, so we're gonna see a lot of we're gonna see a lot of people moving. Yeah, uh, I think I, you know there's a lot of a lot of word out of Anaheim or Los Angeles and Anaheim that well, first of all, Trout is hurt. He's got back surgery. Yeah, he's gonna have back issues that are gonna plague him almost like Larry Bird did. Yeah, the, his entire career. I feel sorry for the guy because he's too. been had a he's having a great career, mm-hmm. but he spends it in obscurity. He's spending it in obscurity in the number two market in the U.S. simply because his team just can't seem to get his act together. Nope. I think they I, can't win the same their lives. No, I think he and Otani need to be need to be need yep. to be traded yep. to a contender. I agree with that, man. Just to just to send that to Duma, man. Otani doesn't need it as much because he's a because he's a, he's relatively young. Right. But I do think I do think Trout needs to go to a contender. And I agree with that. Jim. I would, and with the designated hitter, yeah, just pop him in at DH, keep him out of the outfield. Out of the outfield. I mean, if he wants to play outfield, if he thinks he can, yeah. Because I, I think that that's attributed to his injury, right. and making those plays in the outfield. Mike Trout was once considered one of the best in baseball, the best to ever play. He was on that level. Oh yes, I mean yes. You know? And for him not to get any postseason uh, action is just criminal. So somebody trade him, trade him somewhere, uh, do the right thing by him, and again play DH. He can definitely be that bat you need to yeah. uh, put you over the top. So and don't trade him to the Yankees. Yeah, don't please <laughs> him or <old> Tiny. <laughs> yeah, don't go to New York. We don't. We don't want. To. Yeah, actually, don't go. To, yeah, don't go to either yeah, of you. Don't, don't go to neither one, especially not the Mets. Right. Uh, Los Angeles Angels, 43-59, and a half back mm-hmm. in the division. That's uh, to have two of your very best in baseball on that team. I know Trout is hurt, year but year. Otani is the best all-around player in baseball because 
the guy can pitch and he can hit. Yes. <laughs> yes. He goes to the All-Star game for pitching and hitting. Yes. Right. Like, you know, like I said, we haven't seen it since Babe Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. 1980, yeah. before Babe Ruth decided, you know what, I want to be a hitter. I'm going to be 600 baseballs over the course yep. of my career. The Babe Ruth one of the best pitchers in the, in the 1910s. Yes. But he's not remembered for No, no. Well, the scholars. No, right. Yeah, I mean, right, right. Those were like the purists. Right. But the yeah. casuals. No, the casual. And, the casuals don't know. And the Red Sox don't want to remember. Yeah, the Red Sox, because they gave away their theater tickets in 1918. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so like I said, uh, yeah, the guy really, I mean, the guy really needs to be dealt. I hope, I hope it's all, it's almost like a, it's almost like a mercy rule at this point, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the long-term plan in the Angels is. Uh, I don't know if they have any type of idea what they're doing, because it just seems like they've been, they've been jogging in place. For the last decade, I agree with that, man. And you know, I think coming into this year, I didn't expect them to win. I always thought the Astros were better, but I expect for them to at least challenge, yeah, Houston to give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at Seattle. And I'm just talking about their division alone. I'm looking at what Seattle has done. Had a 14 game winning streak at one point in time in, in the uh, season. So. I, it's, it's like, man, that should be the Angels, man. Yeah, it should be. It should be the I Angels. Don't, I just don't understand how they just can't seem to put it together. I don't either. And let's see, out of the wild card, they're 11 games back. I mean, there's plenty of season left. Yeah, but 11 games at, in August, yeah. that's tough to make. That's but, tough to make. But up. are they really going to catch Toronto, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, Chicago, <laughs> even Baltimore? Even Baltimore. And as bad as Baltimore has been over the last decade. Baltimore's three back on the final round. They're, right. Yeah, they're, the, the Orioles are turning it, are slowly turning it around. Correct. But the Angels, they're just running in place. And yeah. I, and, um, I don't really know what the answers, what the long-term answer is there. But like I said, they got to they gotta send Mike. They got to say, thank you. You've done you've done great. Uh, now go get yourself a ring. Or go try to get a ring. Go try to get one. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it, it's okay to do that. Exactly. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up here on the last few guys do a podcast. I want to thank Michael Pearson from SB Nation talking all things Chargers and AFC West. And, again, if you want to catch this episode, it will drop on Tuesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm John Morgo. We'll be back with you next week somehow, some way, with uh, David Bolton and Leon Brown. We'll see you then, and have a good night, everybody.